Today we have a new Q&A answering your questions. We talk about traps. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about traps. Yeah, yeah, this comes from our Q&A segment. We did one last week and I think it was a lot of fun, so we decided to do it again this week. We have four questions from the Twitterverse. So like last week, we're going to have a conversation. It's going to be open-ended. We're going to see where the conversation takes us. So the first question is from Dungeon Digressions. Thank you for your question. And it says, regarding traps, I'd love to know how you handle a party that does not have a thief archetype character yet is confronted with a dungeon filled with traps. Yeah, so I, I really like this question. And for me, I, I start by thinking, so why do we expect thieves to be good at this? Mm -hmm. And what do you think, Matt? I, I mean, it's, it is system specific, but I think in most systems there is this kind of thief archetype. They usually have a proficiency of some kind in lockpicks or thieves tools or something like that. And I think the expectation, correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're going to use that to like disarm a mechanical device, like a like a rope wire that there might someone might trip over, or a pressure plate in the floor. So a very mechanically heavy trap. And I think that is where the solution is. It's like considering the fact that traps are not only mechanical. Uh -huh. There's a lot of different skills in the party, and traps should be as diverse as those skills are, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that could be something you could consider when your party is running into a situation like this. If the party is running into a situation where there ought to be a lot of traps in the dungeon because of narrative purpose, uh, then try to make those traps avoidable or detectable or disarmable through different skills. Maybe it's a mushroom that lets off a poisonous spore so the characters can use some kind of nature check or the equivalent to notice it, disarm it, remove the mushroom without having it explode or, or what have you. And we're going to talk about rewards a little bit, but cutting the mushroom and getting the mushroom now, they get something and then they can use uh -huh. against uh -huh. uh, someone else or something like that. Like oh, a, a cool. bear trap, right? And they see it, they deactivate <laughs> it, and then they put it everywhere. Or they I, bring it in their backpack and never I know, it. I have a player, every time they like ambush someone, they're like, oh, this is a corridor there, I'll put my bear trap. <laughs> And it, sometimes it works, right? So players can trap too. That's the thing, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. not only the, the, the enemies. So that's the thing. And uh, often like the, the mushrooms you were talking about, I have multiple mushroom things and uh, the equipment of our party. Do you have other examples, Chris, of, of I unconventional mean, triggers for a trap? I mean, you're, because you use like the poisonous gas, natural thing, it made me think of the trap in uh, Blood and Betrayal um, where the, the party was moving inside kind of a room where there was a smell of gas, and I knew it was because it was in the sewers, and the gas, the gas were explosive. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't like someone setting a trap. It was just naturally there, and the scavens that were there around were not using lanterns, so never a problem. But when our heroes move in with their uh, torch or whatever they were using, then I had the ranger or whoever is good in, in my stems called wilderness or survival or, or whatever you're using, they had a chance to figure out that this gas was explosive before it exploded. They failed, it exploded, killed a bunch of Skaven through, like, 
created an alarm where everybody in now in the dungeon knew some someone was there. So it really like tackle different, very interesting aspect of what a trap could be. Uh huh. So I I think I hope that answers your question. Uh, another thing that you I, I think you ought to mention here is at the end of the day, you're running the game as the game master. Mm -hmm. So you can put in as many traps or as few traps as you think are necessary and are fair for your party to come across. Of course, if you're kind of of the game master school where you don't, you just put what's realistic, that's that's your prerogative. But by the the, the nature of your question, I presume it's because you, you want to try and, and, and help the players out or, or at the very least throw them a bone if they're confronted with an impossible situation. So... Just put it in as many traps as you want, really. Uh, awesome. So I think that answers that question. I yep. hope it does anyway. So the next one is from Know Your Role. And this one is, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to use traps in a dungeon without bringing the game to a screeching halt of rolling perception, investigate checks every 10 feet. And then they go on to suggest some, some solutions such as maybe limiting the number of checks or being time sensitive or strictly relying on the, the, the adventurer's passive perceptions. So Chris, I'll throw the, the question to you. What would you do in a situation like this to try and prevent the game from halting because of this fear of traps? I, I really love this question. I think for me that I, I don't want the player to feel like they have to do a check all the time mm -hmm. and otherwise they'll just get punished. Yeah. The way I run traps for me is more about you're about to experience a trap. So there's a wire in the middle of the corridor. You're about to step on it. I will tell that to the players. You're about to step on the wire that's in front of you. Then I'll have them make a check for it. So the reason I said that, the reason why it's important, the, the distinction is here. Don't The way I don't do it is just be like, make a perception check. And then they're like, I don't know why I'm making a perception perception check four mm -hmm. and then they roll it and if they succeed i'm like yay you didn't get trapped They're like oh okay cool and if they fail oh you, you trigger a trap and you fall down the the, the, the hole or whatever uh -huh. again it's like oh okay there's nothing i could do about it tell them the risk before they roll and i i think part of this solution here if you are going to implement it is to make sure that your players have that layer of trust too, right? Mm -hmm. If the players think you're throwing this on them and, and they, they feel like you're being a, a mean game master or, or whatever, then it it kind of removes from the fun. But Chris has been doing just this every time. So when I'm playing in his games, I come to expect it. I don't I know I don't have to roll for perception checks. I know I don't have to do that. Because if I am, am, am intelligent in the way that I investigate the space and interact with the space. And then if I come across something like this, he'll give me that chance and he'll create a dramatic moment for me to almost fail it. And then I can roll something to try to, to, to jump out of the way or to disarm it before it, it springs completely into action. So maybe just to finish that off, I would say, think about two difficulty level, two DCs or two challenge. So if they succeed very well, they see it before and they don't step on it. Mm -hmm. If they manage they, they fail the first DC, but they don't do the other one. They, maybe they trigger it, but now they have a chance to react. Right? They can move out of the way. They can try to duck or whatever they want. Uh, and if they really fail badly, fail both the level or, or fail, then they just get They get crushed. the punishment, I guess, yeah. of the trap. <laughs> Rewards, too, I think, make traps... Like, when you include a reward in a trap, 
it incentivizes the players to be fast, to be efficient, or to be successful, or like, like to, to really think out how they're going to engage with the trap. If you have a trap, let's say, that if the players mess up disarming it, it ruins the prize, well, now there's no point in doing a second check to try and solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I've done before in my games is actually have treasure chests with two compartments. And when the players try to like pick it open, if you, if you, if you screw it up, one of the two compartments, depending on which side you screwed up, that compartment like implodes or ruins whatever's in it. So you get one of the two things, but then you're going to forever wonder, ooh, if I didn't screw that up, <laughs> what was in the other one? Nice. Um, another solution, you? yeah, my solution to this is a little bit more basic, I suppose. It, it kind of acts a little bit like a passive check, but it's, it's more than just the passive check because I actually want the players to ask me. So again, I, I'm hoping my players, and there's the expectation that my players interact with the space in an intelligent and, 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 and responsible way, I should say. It's not intel- in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. I give them descriptions, I give them all the information they need to suspect certain things. And then if they ask me, hey, I want to roll to see if this is, is booby-trapped or if this might, might, something might happen, I make them roll, that's their score, and then if they ask me again three seconds later because they, they, they botched their roll, they, they don't get to. Mm-hmm. That first roll is how good they are at finding traps until the circumstance changes. And by circumstance changing, I mean, you know, you move into another large space or you get attacked by enemies or, or you leave the dungeon altogether or whatever. So to me, it's, it's minimizing the roles so that it's realistic. And this kind of applies to a lot of skills checks, to be honest. Yeah. It's not realistic for someone to do the same skill over and over and over again without wasting a lot of time. And hopefully the game is des- your game is designed in a way that there's something pushing them forward. There's a, there's a, there's time crunches or there's a, a, a risk of failure if they don't finish in a certain amount of time. So it's using your judgment and using this blanket role, mm-hmm. uh, not not feel obligated that every time they say I look at a wall, I look at a box, I look at something else, they they don't get to make different roles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope that answers that question. Obviously, you can always just say that it's causing a problem to your game. Uh, if, if it's ruining your fun as a game master, it's valid for you to mention it and say, hey guys, I, this is ruining my fun, it's really slowing the game down, I think we should limit these roles. That, that's also a valid solution to this problem. The power of no, right? The power of saying, no, you don't get another role. Mm-hmm. Don't feel obligated to give it. <laughs> yeah. But don't be mean either, but, but yeah. Yeah, be yeah. mean. all right let's go on to the next question uh the next question let me go find it is from cercerating sigil am i saying that right yeah i hope i'm saying it right (laughs) (laughs) uh so their their um their question is should a trap just be a straight out damage no damage situation or should there be another element to it like a puzzle combat reward or another aspect uh so if you don't mind, Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer this one first, Go if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, in my opinion, it should definitely be the latter. I don't think a trap is fun if all it is is something removing HP from a character. To me, there are, there are more elements to a role-playing game than that. Obviously, if that's your fun and that's your player's fun, go, feel free to do it. But I think it should be more complex. It should be incorporated into combat. It should be incorporated into exploration. 
there needs to be something else to raise the stakes of the game. And the trap could be that. But if the trap is in isolation, it's not great. To me, it's not fun. Um, I'm not sure, Chris, if, if that's how you feel about traps as well in, in this kind of situation. I mean, I, I can see how it's useful to have a trap by themselves to maybe punctuate exploration uh, between two big scenes. Mm -hmm. But if I ever have to design a trap that it's in a corridor between two rooms that have interesting things, I'll just take the trap and move it in the other room. Uh, it, because I prefer the complexity that it comes. And the fact that if they're in a corridor, I expect you can kind of see what's going on. But if you put it in the middle of combat, it's great because you never know. Maybe it's going to be the enemy that triggers it. Maybe mm -hmm. they're going to see it, figure out how it works, and then use it against the enemy. There's a lot of possibility there. So it, it, it makes it a lot more interesting. And I agree with you. Damage alone is... It's just an attack. I mean, like, add another enemy, it's going to do the same thing. Yes, it's a different way to do it, but traps have so much potential. Exactly. And the potential is in condition. It's in separating the party. It's, uh, that's, that's usually, like, I love a pit that's there for natural reasons. Someone falls in the, and the problem is just that the other ones are fighting up. And the, mm -hmm. the, you have your tank that's trapped down there with full armor. How do, how is he going to get up? Yeah. So that's, the, the, the consequence here isn't the fact that they fell and got hurt. That's nothing compared to the fact that the rest of the party now doesn't have their main source of like brute force in the front line. So them trying to solve that and get them back up and, and it makes the trap more fun. It makes the players want to, 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 to engage with it and try to solve it. And that kind of leads into the next piece. Uh, traps can be used, like you mentioned, to trigger a puzzle of some kind. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, a little caveat here, I don't think your puzzle that you're triggering should have one solution. I think if you're gonna have something like this where a trap triggers water to start filling up the room, there, there needs to be some flexibility from your side of things as the game master to allow for creative solutions for the players to get out. Because if you have one solution in your head and this, the, the consequence of them not figuring that out is them drowning to death, that's not fun for anybody. Yeah, that's harsh. That's harsh. So it's it's the, the, the level of deadliness mm. of a trap needs to work with how solvable it is, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you guys do want to learn more about puzzles, we have a, an awesome video about puzzles. So we're going to link that up up on, on top of me, I think it goes. So <laughs> click on that and, and learn a little bit more about how to make puzzles a lot of fun and solve common problems that game masters have. Uh, okay, I think that answers that question. The last question is from Tom Thurman. Thank you for your question, Tom. And the question is, I would love a better solution to traps. I love them, but, they tip but the typical trap feels pointless and unsatisfying with current mechanics. Yeah, I... Totally can relate to that. I think in a vacuum, a trap is not interesting. Maybe some people don't agree with this. I mean, you could make a very elaborated trap, but if it doesn't have a link to what you're trying to do, if it doesn't have a link with the story, if it doesn't elevate the tension... Then it is pointless. Then it is pointless, yeah. By, yeah, by definition. So yeah. how can we mitigate that? Although it seems like a simple question, I think it's pretty loaded. Um, and like Chris said, we want to try and elevate drama. The, the purpose of a trap isn't just 
in my opinion, or in Chris's opinion, to hurt the players. It's to create an obstacle that prevents the players from getting to where they want to go. And the obstacle ought to elevate the stakes, create drama, or elevate intrigue. So if you're doing these things, odds are your trap will feel like there's more purpose. Um, now, this is a little bit conceptual. So let's try to give a couple of examples. In my uh, role-playing experience before we played together, my most memorable moment was one of my friends getting trapped while we're fighting a demon. And it was memorable because we were so outmatched that normally the group would have quit. Mm. But they were trapped. The, one of the players' uh, character was trapped behind some kind of cage that, that trapped him. And because of that, we had to stay in the combat because otherwise it would, he would die. Mm. Right? So just that, just like pinning, like it's an environmental hazard that has consequences on how people will act. If it doesn't affect how players will act, then it doesn't have an effect on the game. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That's a really cool example. Uh, another way to make traps feel interesting, I think, is to kind of toy with your player's expectations about mm -hmm. what a trap will be or where it will be. Odds are, you know, if your players encounter traps often, they can kind of start sniffing them out pretty quickly. So you can use that to your advantage. If you put them in a long corridor where the tiles alternate from, from brown to black to brown to black or what have you, and then one of the, one of the sequences in the middle is they're all white, well, they're going to look at that and they're going to be like, oh, that's got to be a trap. And they're going to like build it all up in their mind and they're going to look at all over the place. And then when you, when, you, when you get them to there, maybe that wasn't the trap at all. Maybe there wasn't a trap. Maybe all of that, while they were like distracted by looking at that, you had an enemy scout sneak up behind them. And now they're cornered in this long corridor, nowhere to go. And there's an enemy there that they have to fight or a pickpocket. I, I don't know. I'm just coming up with all kinds of like stuff off the top of my head. But if, if you can toy with that expectation now don't abuse it because that's not very nice but <laughs> it can make them far more interesting because your players now start to second guess the things that you're providing them you kind of mis misdirect them uh for for the fun of the game yeah and as a game master i think it's a, part of the the fun and part of the our role is to to set expectation and then just change it give it give to the player what they think but just in a different way yeah with a, yeah. a little different for me, when I when I when I create something, I try. I, I'm more of a like a realistic game master. Mm -hmm. So something I, I always ask myself is, I, when I create a, a character, it's always motivation. And for me, the equivalent for traps is, why is that trap there? Who needs that trap to be there? Or what created that trap? Like like in my my uh, if it's a natural ex explosion example. from before, it was just from natural gas. I don't need more than that. It's fine. Um, if there's a magic rune that shoots fireball, I mean, someone powerful put that there, right? I, I'm not going to... For a purpose. For a purpose, to yeah. protect something or to whatever you can come up with. But So that's why I usually put traps the other way around. I usually come up with the story and are they going up a wizard tower? Then obviously there's going to be uh, some wizard elements to it. And... If the wizard needs that place to be protected, traps make sense. If yeah. it's if they, they don't, then I won't even put traps. Yeah, and I think it's part of like this realistic expectation about where a trap will be. It's important to ask yourself when you're designing your space, right? If 
if you're designing a dungeon and in the front hall down the main staircase there is a trap there i don't know to me if it's a if it's a nest where a lot of goblins go in and out all the time it doesn't make sense that there's a trap right in the in the main path that these goblins use every single day it makes more sense for the trap to be somewhere where the goblins don't want the players to go or want anyone to go for that matter it maybe it's their treasure room maybe it's you know the the queen's apartment suite or like a, a secret entrance to the queen's apartment something like this so to so make sure that where you're putting them also is is considered based on the utility of the space where the traps live in i think that's most of that yeah. oh no um how did they build it that's oh, yeah. that's that's mm -hmm. important too right if we're talking about these goblins mm -hmm. odds are they don't have something fancy yeah, it need, the trap needs to match the level of whoever created them. Mm -hmm. or, or if there is a rune, is there also a, like let's say we're in the example of the goblins. If there's a rune with a from the high magic user, well, that, that ought to be for a reason. Maybe there's a there's a the high wizard who's who's in cahoots with these goblins and who's getting something out of it, and it kind of elevates your entry. Yeah, exactly. Then then you you get more information, and if the player asks like why like why would goblins have this? There needs to be an answer. Well, in my book, there needs to be an answer and something interesting that you can bring back and not just like, oh, they found a rune on the ground or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I hope that answers your question. I hope that answers everyone's question. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. It's it, it's, it's a lot more uh, engaging for us to, to talk about those things when the question comes from you guys. So thanks for listening, guys. If you're listening on podcast, we're going to keep talking about traps. If you're watching on YouTube, next week will be our short takeaway version. And for those of you who want to reach out to us, you can do so by contacting us on Twitter. Our handle is at roll underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email that's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we give you seven <clears throat> tips for meaningful traps. I'm glad you said it because I would have probably screwed up the number. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's dig right into it. The first way to make a meaningful trap is not to make them in isolation. Let's be honest, a trap all by itself in a corridor with nothing else for the players to engage with isn't nearly as exciting as a trap that springs right in the middle of a combat with big enemies or a trap that happens when there's a time crunch and the players are trying to get out of a dungeon. If there is more to just the trap, it's more meaningful. So number two is, why is the trap there? Who needs the trap to be there? So purpose. As with uh, character, we think about motivation. With traps, you have to think about why is it there and who needs it so if you can answer those two questions you have a lot of cool things and it can actually bring story elements and maybe the big bad guy has a has a, a role in placing that trap there it, it really elevates things in another sense too because it doesn't feel so out of place if you have the answer to those questions odds are there is more meaning to the traps positioning the traps uh the build of the trap or whatever it gives lore and it gives information to the players uh, to move forward in the story. Our next tip is to add variability to how your trap interacts with the players. So by this we mean don't just build traps that are a mechanical device that require thieves 
tools to undo. Make the trap a, a mushroom that'll explode with a spore of poisonous, poisonous spores. Or make it a room filled with, with flammable gas that when the party enters with their torch might blow up. If you add these, uh, try to think of it as you can roll a different kind of skill to notice them or a different kind of skill to prevent it from triggering. That's especially good if you maybe don't have the archetype you need, like a thief, but it's, I think it's good in any situation. It very varies at the approach and keeps the players on their toes. The fourth one is, how was the trap built and who was responsible? If you're in a cave full of goblins, try to think of the resources that that group of goblins would have to build traps. It doesn't make sense for them to have an intricate light prism puzzle in a small barrel where the biggest treasure is a plus one attack sword. Like, yeah, and it's all about like realism and knowing how it's built will also give you insight on how is it going to actually be dealt with by the players. Mm -hmm. And it can also lead into telling the players more information. If the trap that is in this goblin barrel is a magical rune that would require a high-level caster to put Mm -hmm. If it's because there's a high-level caster who's employing these goblins, you've added a whole layer of intrigue by adding this trap into your dungeon. So it, it, it's really something to consider and something to think about. Mm -hmm. The next tip for you to consider is try building a trap that's obvious, but the way to disarm it is a lot less obvious. Yeah, if they know they there's a trap there and they need to go through it, but they don't know how to actually stop it, then actually the trap kind of morphs into a puzzle. Yeah, kind of, right? I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting. And then, but, but they know that, maybe they figure out that if they don't find out how is this boulder going to fall, they're going to get crushed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You did a really cool example of this, Chris, in one of your games where you had a large bridge. It was a string bridge that looked rickety and old, and we had some party members on one side of the bridge and one party member on the other all by themselves. And there was a horde of goblins rushing down one of the mountains towards the guy all by himself. Now, this bridge was clearly a death trap, but how much weight could it handle? Yeah, obviously not the whole party could just run on it. But also, if we come back to the isolation thing, this bridge by itself would have been boring, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you add the encounter, then it becomes interesting because they have to solve it, this puzzle thing, under pressure. And that comes back to the puzzle episode. Yeah, link that up. Go watch <laughs> it. It's great. We're great. <laughs> All right, what's the next thing? The next thing is front load your trap with, with some kind of information. Front load the trap with the stakes of the trap. Yeah, if, if, if you're about to ask for a perception check to see if they see the metal wire, I personally prefer to tell them there's a metal wire in front of you. You're about to step on it. Roll a perception check or an athletic check or whatever, whatever you want to react in time to not trigger it. That way, when they roll, they have tension. If you just ask for a roll without anything, then the roll doesn't feel mean meaningful to the players they don't know what they're rolling for. Even if you have the like, oh, this is, they don't. So give them the information. Don't be afraid to front load the stakes in front of the skills. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm hearing some of you already in my mind saying, yeah, but then they'll never get a chance to disarm it. You can still give them the chance to disarm it. You can let them roll, and if they roll really well, you can justify like, oh, you were about to trip over it, but then you swoop down, and you found the little pin, and you undid it, and boom, you've solved the, you've solved it, and you've disarmed the trap. So, you know, there's still a way to, to, to work with it that way. Uh, what The final one yeah. is having a trap not just be damage. This is a big one for, for us. Mm -hmm. uh, traps could be just damage, but adding conditions very very cool and adding uh different aspects of the environment maybe we can pass that to you yeah yeah so it's a trap isn't just a thing to take hp off of a character a trap should do more like chris is saying it should separate the party members from one another if you have a metal grate fall between them now the two part like the the people that have been separated can chat through the grate to try and figure out how to come back together uh you toss in combat, you toss in other things, like we were mentioning in the first tip, now you've, you've made this trap really meaningful. Other things you can do is you can maybe close a way out. If the only known escape route is crushed by a giant boulder, now they, they, the map they have doesn't have another way out, there's gotta be another way out, and it, it raises the tension. Yeah, and it's always good to think of, again about those, those those pillars. Damage is kind of like the trap version in, in combat, I guess, just like state of damage and attack. But what you're saying is exploration. It blocks part of the exploration. It's a, it's a setback, but that elevates the story. Mm -hmm. And it could also be loss of, uh, of an NPC or something about roleplay, loss of an objective. You're trying to get to a goal, and the trap destroys part of what you're going for. Maybe you, you, you're in a place to find a, a really old artifact and the artifact just starts to uh, catch on fire as uh, you, you triggered something and then you have to move quickly. So time sensitive, mm -hmm. you start a timer. Uh, you could actually have a timer that you turn on when they, 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 they have this trap and now they have to figure out how to react in a short amount of time. The, the last thing that you can do, or, or one of the other things you can do to make it more than just damage, is make it an alarm. You mm -hmm. know, the, the, the trap could trigger a siren, or it could just be a guard that notices them and blows on a horn that, that, that signals to all the other guards that there's intruders. So this is a, another way to make a trap more than just damage. Yeah, and like the example with the exploding gas was kind of like that. The, the explosion attracts the enemies. Everybody was thrown away, so it's changing the environment. And it's taking damage, right? You're not limited to one thing. So I hope you guys thought those seven tips or ways to make traps more meaningful were useful. Combine them in whatever way you see fit to make the most meaningful trap. And please keep us updated about your traps. We would love to hear about them and maybe steal them. <laughs> so yeah, tell us all about your cool traps by contacting us on Twitter. You can do so by reaching out to us. It's at roll underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email that's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com or there's a comment below. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. And we hope to see you next time. That's everything about traps, isn't it, Chris? It is, Matt. Let's call it a chat. <laughs>